And the high road is not choosing between the good and the bad. Anybody can do that. You can do that without God. But the high road is choosing between the good and the best, and always choosing the best. Welcome back to the Baptist Friends Podcast with Dr. Clarence Sexton, where we gather around truth, friendship, and world evangelism. Today, Pastor Sexton speaks on the topic of death to self. And now, here is Pastor Sexton. I want to continue to talk to you this week about how we can truly serve the Lord. Remember, God has made one requirement for us, and He spelled it out clearly. Death to self. What we need is clarity. What we need is clarity. Speak plainly about things. And plain talk is easily understood. The truth of the matter is, not only do we need clarity, uh, we need urgency. If you're ever going to do anything for God, if I'm going to ever do anything for God, we've got to do it now. If we haven't gone through a wake-up call, what has it been? If it's not a wake-up call, what is it? Time is so short. The need is so great. The labors are so few. Oh, how can we make, how can we make our lives truly count, truly count for the Lord? And so Jesus gives us this one requirement. It's certain. He said it, and it's certain. It requires death to self. But I want what I want, and you what you want. That's what you want. But what does God want? How do we know the mind of Christ? It requires death to self. Again, we read in John chapter 12 and verse 26, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. If you've given your life to serve the Lord, I've tried to do that. All of my adult life, I surrendered my life to the Lord when I was 17 years old. <laughs> I remember the circumstances of that surrender. I truly do. I became a Christian about three years earlier, but I had never truly given my life in full surrender to the Lord. And God worked circumstantially in my life. I came to the end of myself. I was heartbroken, and I knew that I needed God, and He would not fail me. I was alone. My mother, brother, and two sisters had moved 700 miles away. My mother allowed me to stay in the high school I'd been attending so I could finish playing football and finish high school. But God had other plans. Oh, I finished high school and finished playing football. But God brought me to himself. He, he dealt with me in such a way. He brought people into my life. You know how God works. God works through his word. He speaks to us through his word. God works through other Christians. God planted people who knew him and loved him in my life path. I couldn't get around them, couldn't avoid them. God placed them there. And God works through Christian people that way. But he also works through circumstances. Now what we learn in the circumstances is never to violate the counsel of God's word or God-fearing Christians who are talking to us and counseling us. But God worked circumstantially in my life. He, he got me to the place where I was alone, and I recognized my great need of Him. What has God done circumstantially in your life to bring you to the point of your recognition of needing Him 
and the fact that all your effort cannot get done what needs to get done. We need the miracle of multiplication. It's a miracle. It's what God does. And it brings with it the richest of rewards. What reward would you like for serving God? Think about it. Are you out for things? Promotion? You want someone to recognize you? Then that's evidence that you've never died to self. But God says there's one special reward for those who will serve him. Let me read the verse again. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall my servant be also. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Mark that word honor. This is our reward, to have God's honor. Do you have God's honor on your life at this moment? Do you? Is it obvious that God has touched you and blessed you and honored your life? In John chapter 5, verses 40 to 44, we read, And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you, that ye have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. How can ye believe which receive honor one of another, and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do we seek the honor that comes from God only? The verse tells us that there is such a thing as seeking glory for ourselves and honor from others, to be recognized, to be called on, to hear our names. The seeking of glory for ourselves is the self-life. And what kind of fellowship and communion do we have with Christ when that's all we're concerned about, what others say and do and how much promotion we get from them? Let's just face the facts. Do we really want to have God's honor. The Lord says, If any man serve me, him will my Father honor. How does God honor us? We find an open secret in the Old Testament concerning the glory of God and honor. In Exodus chapter 33, Moses desired to see God's glory. This is such a special passage. Make sure you mark it in your Bible in Exodus chapter 33, verses 17 to 19. Listen carefully as I read it. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Take special note of this, that the word glory in verse 18 and the word goodness in verse 19 are here for us. Never forget the connection here. Moses said, I want to see your glory. And God said, all right, I will pass my goodness by you. It is the goodness of God that God honors us with. How do you recognize God's honor? It's always in a way sometimes we fail to see. 
You say, is it health? Is it strength? I've been without strength. I've been brought to the place many times in nine reconstructive spine surgeries where I was weak, weak as a wounded lamb, only to find out that his strength is made perfect in my weakness. So it's not physical strength. And uh, maybe you think I've got a thorn, a thorn in the flesh. Well, but God was good to Paul, wasn't he? And he, he gave him grace beyond any measure of suffering. Do you think it's meaningful when God gives rest to your soul? Do you think that living in a world of turmoil and terror in perilous times and being able to have peace in your heart and lean upon God and find the rest that only faith brings, your mind is at peace? How meaningful is this? This is part of the goodness of God to each of us. The promises of our reward, when he says, I will honor you, he will bless us. When we're thinking like Christians ought to think, we would rather have the goodness and blessing and honor of God than anything else in this world or anything this world has to offer. His reward is his honor on our lives. This comes from dying to self and desiring to bring glory to the Lord. It requires a certain separation to the Lord, and our separation results from the presence of God with us. He separates us by his presence. His presence with us makes us different people. The same passage shows us this as God deals with Moses, and he says that he will separate them from all the people that are upon the face of the earth, Exodus 33, 16. In other words, God is saying to Moses, the thing that makes you different is my separation in your life. In other words, I separate. You're different because I'm with you. You're different because I live in you. You're different because I follow you. It's not trying to be different. It's God who makes us different. And remember back in John chapter 12, verses 27 to 28, the Bible says, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Here's something that's easily misunderstood. In verse 24, he says, If it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Is the reason for true Christian service much fruit, to get much fruit? That's where most of us are hung up. I want to do this and that'll make more people come or more fruit. The answer is no, that's not the goal. The fruit bearing comes as God works by his quickening work, his life-giving work, his spirit works in us when we die to self. I'm the true vine and my father is the husbandman, Jesus says. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you're clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you. And the branch, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Of course we're to labor and to work hard. But the Lord said, without me, you can do nothing. Have we been brought to nothing? 
Are you going to take all the glory for the fruit bearing? Remember that there's no magic formulas in the increase. The Lord gives the increase. And may the Lord deliver us from our desires for success and deliver us to the burning desire for his glory. He says, if you abide not in me, you'll be cast forth as a branch and withered. There's a lot of withering that has to go on in a Christian life. The same Holy Spirit that bears fruit through us is the same Holy Spirit who creates the withering, drying up the things that disgrace God and do not bring glory to the Lord. And the Bible says, Here is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. It's not about the much fruit. It's about glorifying the Lord. If you make the fruit bearing the goal, then you will do anything to produce results. And by the way, we are to serve the Lord because of what He's done for us, not to get something from Him. We serve Him because of, not in order to, and the reason for serving the Lord is that God is glorified. The reason we serve the Lord is not to see how many people we can reach, though we want to reach everyone we possibly can, but to glorify the Lord. The reason that we serve the Lord is for the Lord. He's to be glorified. We know that without Him, we can do nothing. Oh, may God teach these truths to us by His Holy Spirit. God bless you for being with me today. Thank you so very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Baptist Friends Podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing today. And join us next time as we continue to gather around truth, friendship, and world evangelism.